listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. All right, let's jump in today. Uh, Those of you that are watching, if you haven't done so yet, I want you to take a minute and share the broadcast. Extremely important broadcast today as we're talking about how to pull your blessings out of the invisible realm, how to pull your blessings out of the invisible realm. And so I want to start reading today with um, Ephesians chapter one. And of course, those of you that are watching, um, if you don't mind, as we normally do, pop these verses in the comments section so others can follow along later on the replay. But let's begin with Ephesians uh, chapter one. And I want to show you something that should always be in your mind. Because, you know, one of the things that I see happen, especially in revival services, is that people, you know, will come around the altar, maybe at the end or during the service, and you'll hear people crying out to God, which is good. You want people to be hungry. You want people to pray. That's, I'm not knocking that. That's good. But sometimes their thinking is skewed because I'll hear people say, oh, God, we just want more of you, more of your blessings, Lord. Send us more. And, and, and that's how they're praying. But I want you to recognize this. Uh, Let me break down two things from that that type of a prayer. Number one, Lord, we want more of you. I know what they mean by that. We want to experience the manifestations of his power more than that. But there's sometimes that praying like that, it gives people this idea that, that they are either far from God or they don't have enough of God in their life. And when the Bible teaches us, Paul taught this, that your physical body is the temple of the very Holy Spirit of God, not a portion of him. The Holy Spirit in his entirety lives in you and lives in every believer. That's a supernatural thing for that to happen. But he literally dwells inside of your body. And so there's no more of God to get. He's filled you to overflowing with himself. In fact, Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 19 says in the Amplified that you became a body that is filled and flooded with God himself. Filled and flooded with God himself. That's who you are. So number one, we want more of you. Number two, more of your blessings, Lord. Let me show you this where we're starting. Ephesians 1, 3, and this is a very important verse of scripture. Listen, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Stop right there. Who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. So number one, I want you to see this. There are no more blessings to be blessed with. You've literally been blessed as a believer with every spiritual blessing that's available in Christ. But notice where the Bible says where they are in heavenly places, in Christ. So one of the things you'll understand, and that's why I titled this uh, session as I did, how to pull your blessings out of the unseen realm. The reason I say that is because all of your blessings that have not yet been manifested are in heavenly places in Christ. All of your blessings are in heavenly places in Christ until you manifest them by faith. And so one of the things that I want you to see is that uh, there are believers that will go through their entire life with an account full of blessings in heaven and never pull any of those blessings out of the account. And so as a result, they'll go through life missing out on what God made available to them. And as a result, they suffer, thinking it's God's will that they suffer Because nobody has taught them how to pull their blessings out of the unseen realm. And faith does that. Faith accesses what is in the invisible realm. And I'll show you that. I want you to turn to Hebrews chapter 11. Faith always has access to what is in the invisible realm. Let me say it again. And I want you to put it into the comment section. Faith always has access 
to what is in the invisible realm. Write that in the comments. Faith always has access to what's in the invisible realm. And so that's one of the reasons I'm teaching on faith, and that's why we released the course on faith, because we've got to build strong faith. And we have a whole video on that in the course, how to build strong faith, uh, how to avoid the enemies of faith. We deal with all these things in the course. But I want you to see today, faith always has access to the invisible realm. And Hebrews chapter 11, listen to this, verse 3, the Bible says, by faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, number one, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. So God's word, which is invisible, created everything you see that is visible. That's important to catch that. God's word that is invisible created everything you see that is visible. So all things came through his word, all things. There is nothing that, I mean, if you go back to John chapter one, the gospel of John chapter one, I want you to see what, what John testified about this, about in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The Bible says that's John chapter one. And I want you to see it. Listen to this. Um, he was in the world. And yet the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own people, and they did not receive him. So I want you to see this. Go all the way back now to verse number 3 and 4 and 5 of John 1. Listen. All things were made through him. Who? The Word. That is Jesus. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. So you understand that literally everything visible came out of the invisible. Everything visible came out of the invisible. That's because the supernatural power of God is invisible. And it's where your blessings lie. And so you have to understand faith gives you and me access into the invisible realm so that I can grab onto a blessing that's there and pull it into the visible realm and manifest it here. And once it's manifested here, then I can see it, I can touch it, I can hear it, I can smell it, I can taste it. The five senses can now discern it because it's been pulled out of the invisible and into the visible. I remember uh, there's a story about the pastor of the largest church in all of the world Pastor David Yungi Cho from Korea. And uh, he pastors Yoido Full Gospel Church in uh, Seoul, Korea. And he uh, built Prayer Mountain. You know, fasting and prayer was his lifestyle. Would pray hours and hours before he would take the pulpit in any nation. Uh, up to six hours before he would preach every time he would preach. And um, when he was first starting out in the ministry, he had nothing. Very, very poor. But he knew that God would bless him, and so he had uh, already had a prayer life with the Lord, and God was teaching him about faith, and God was teaching him about your confession, and teaching him about specific faith in prayer. And so he began to pray, oh Lord, bless me. He had nothing, and he had people to visit. You know, as a pastor, he had uh, congregation members to visit and hospital visitations and all kinds of things. Didn't even have, not, not only did he not have a car, he didn't even have a bicycle. Think about that. He was walking everywhere to meet with everyone. And he said, Lord, I'm your servant and I'm your child. He said, I know that no one really has cars and it's, you know, that's, that's, but he said, at least uh, I could believe for a bicycle. You know, so Lord, I, I want you to give me a bicycle. He said, Lord, would you also give me a desk and a chair? You know, I, I'd like to do my work and study to preach and do all the things for the ministry. I don't even have a desk or a chair. And so I, want, I would like you to bless me with a bicycle, and I'd like you to bless me with a desk, and I'd like you to bless me with a chair. And uh, he started to, to pray like that. And, and um, so he wasn't getting any answers. Literally, no bicycle came, no desk came, no chair came. And he started to get irritated. 
And, and, he, and he's, after a while, he said, Lord, I don't understand this. You know, I'm faithful to you. I'm your servant. I'm a pastor of your sheep. And all I've asked for very simple things. I've only asked you for a bicycle and a chair and a desk. That's all. That's not a lot to ask. Well, Lord, where's my blessing? And the Lord spoke back to him and said, the problem with you and with many of my children is that you petition me for things, but you don't tell me specifically what you want. And the Lord was teaching him in this lesson to be specific in faith, that you don't just want any bicycle. You know, would you be, think about this, would he have been happy getting a bicycle with bent rims and a rusty frame uh, and a rusty chain and gears that you could hardly pedal? No, he, he would not have been happy or satisfied with that answer to his prayer. And so God was making a point uh, to Pastor Cho. He was saying, don't just say a bicycle. Tell me what kind of bicycle you want. Tell me what it is you're looking for. And the light turned on in his head. And he was like, that's it. I understand what the Lord's teaching me. So he started to get very specific. He said, all right, Lord, I hear what you're saying. And then he started to pray. And he said, at the time, the best bicycles that were made in his time uh, were made in America. And um, I, would stay, I would say they still are. Hallelujah. I, I love America. Uh, but he said, he said, I want an American-made bicycle. I want an American-made bicycle. He said, not only that, Lord, but my desk that I'm asking you for. I want a desk that is made out of Philippine mahogany. That's what he asked for specifically. He said, Lord, give me a desk made of Philippine mahogany, a nice one. He said, the number three, the chair that I want. He said, Lord, don't just give me any kind of chair. I want a chair with those little wheels on the bottom so I can, wheel, this, is what, this was his words, so I can wheel myself around my office like a big shot. That's what, that's what Pastor Joe said. I want an American-made bicycle. I want a desk made out of Philippine mahogany. And I want a chair with wheels on the bottom so that I can roll around like a big shot. Well, that's when he got specific. And then that was his confession. I thank you, Lord, that I have an American-made bicycle. I thank you that I have a desk made out of Philippine mahogany. I thank you that I've got a chair with wheels on the bottom so I can roll around my office like a big shot. And he began to say it. Well, everybody was very poor in that time where he was living. And uh, the word got out. The word got out that because he began to say it, I have an American-made bicycle. I have a Philippine mahogany desk. I have a chair with wheels on the bottom. And word got out. And people started talking about it in the community. Pastor Cho says he has an American-made bicycle. Says he has a desk made out of Philippine mahogany. Says he's got a chair with wheels on the bottom. And people started hearing about it. And so several young men from the community came over to his office. And he invited them in and they came into his office and they started looking around the office. And he said, what are you doing? They said, if, if you say you've got all these things, show them to us. He said, show them to us. Where, where's the bicycle? Where's the desk? Where's the chair? And he said, well, I have them. He said, but you can't see them yet. And they looked at him like he was crazy. What do you mean you have them, but we can't see them yet? Do you have them hidden? No. He's, and he pointed to his belly. He said, they're in my belly. He said, I'm pregnant with these things. And they're coming out. And they laughed at him. They said, what? He said, yeah. He said, you know, didn't you exist? He said, where were you for the first nine months of your life? And they said, well, I, I was in my mother's womb. Yes, he said, you were in your mother's womb. Could anyone see you? And they said, no, I guess no, I was in, in her belly. He said, exactly. But you were real, weren't you? You were in her belly. You were real, except no one could see you yet until she gave birth to you. And they laughed and understood, nodded their head and left. Well, the word got around even with all the children of the uh, town and the city where he was at. And as he would walk through town, he says, little kids would run up to him on the street and rub his belly to see if they could feel the bicycle or the desk or the chair in his belly as he said they were. And then an American missionary came to where they were and met with Dr. Cho and said, we've got some things here in a shipping crate that we wanted to bless you with and uh, we wanted you to come see uh, if you'd like to have them for your office and for your ministry. 
So Dr. Cho went over to the shipping crate at the docks where they were and where they'd arrived and went in to see what they brought for him. And they brought him, the first thing they gave him, an American-made bicycle that was, he said, slightly used but in perfect working condition. There was his American-made bicycle. They said, we also have a desk for you here. And he said, really? And he looked at it. He said, what is the desk made out of? They said, this one's actually made out of Philippine mahogany. And they gave him the desk that he was confessing and believing for. And then finally, they said, we've got a chair to go along with it as well. And when he looked at the chair, it was an office chair with wheels on the bottom so that he could roll himself around his office like a big shot. <laughs> Hallelujah. And the thing that he confessed and believed and prayed specifically by faith, guess what? They came to pass and he was holding them in his hand. He literally was riding. Think about this. He was literally riding on what he said and what he prayed. That bicycle existed for him, but until he confessed it, prayed it, and believed it, it stayed in the unseen realm for him until it was manifested. The same with his desk and his chair. And so faith has the ability to reach into the unseen realm. Think about things that aren't even uh, tangible things, like healing. Healing is a blessing purchased for you by Jesus Christ when he shed his blood. Healing's not a tangible thing you can hold in your hand, but it is real and it is available for you, but it's in the unseen realm. And so if you're in a place where you have not yet manifested your healing, or maybe you're watching me today and you're battling depression or anxiety or suicidal thoughts, you know, joy and peace are available for you and they are benefits that Christ has purchased for you. Do you know, he said that he would send you the comforter. That's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is called the comforter. And so anything that is attacking your comfort, your mental comfort, your emotional comfort, your physical comfort, it is a slap in the face to the Holy Spirit who is your comforter. And he, he is here. He's been sent by Christ to bring you comfort in every area of your life. And so what you've got to do is by faith in God's holy word, you've got to be able to reach your hand in the unseen realm. Even when the enemy attacks your life with sickness, you've got to be able to pull out of the unseen realm your healing until it manifests in your body. If you're battling depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, panic attacks, you've got to be able to pull joy and peace into your life from the unseen realm until they manifest and depression, anxiety run out the back door of your house. See, it is unseen until you manifest it. And I want you to understand that God is not going to manifest it for you. God's not going to manifest it for you. He has given you faith so that you can manifest his blessings. Remember that. He has given you faith so that you can manifest his blessings. Hallelujah. Listen to this. I love this verse. James chapter 4, and verse 6. But God gives more grace, therefore it says he opposes the proud and gives more grace or favor to the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Hallelujah. He will flee from you. And so I want you to understand that you have the ability. One of the ways to humble yourself is to say, well, I, I don't have the ability to do it on my own. This, this, nothing that I'm believing for can be done by me. It can only be done by the Spirit of God and His power. As the Bible says, it's not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. You can't gain healing with physical strength. You can't physically beat a spirit of infirmity off of your body. You can't physically beat up a spirit of depression or anxiety and tell it to get off your property. However, by the Spirit of God, you can overcome every attack of the devil and every wicked thing that's been sent to destroy your life by submitting yourself to God and His Word and saying, Lord, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it is by your Spirit. And so by your Spirit, I will overcome. By your Spirit, I will pull the unseen blessings into the seen realm or the visible realm, and I will have what you said is mine. 
I want you to write it in the comments. I will have what God said is mine. By faith. Say it boldly. Say it violently even. For the Bible says the violent take it by force. I will have what God said is mine. Pop that into the comments. I will have what God said is mine. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I will have what God said is mine. Secondly, I want you to go with me to um, 2 Kings chapter 2. 2 Kings chapter 2. That's it, Shauna. That's it, Sarah. Write it, Kimberly. I will have what God said is mine in Jesus' name. You'll not miss out on your blessing. You'll not miss out on what God bought for you and purchased for you through the blood of Jesus. The benefits that he set aside for you, you'll not miss out. I will have what God said is mine in Jesus' name. That's it, Billion. That's it, Joni. That's it, Tyler. I will have it in Jesus' name. 2 Kings chapter 2. Now, I want you to see this. Here's a story of Elijah and Elisha. And you know this story well if you're a student of the word. Elijah is at the end of his ministry and he's getting ready to be taken into heaven. Elisha is his servant and his understudy, his spiritual son. And Elisha's desire, according to the words of his own mouth, I want a double portion of your spirit to come upon me. I want a double portion of your spirit to come upon me. And Elijah said, well, you've asked for a hard thing, a hard thing. However, if you see me when I'm taken away from you, watch this. If you see me when I'm taken away from you, let's go here. Second Kings chapter two, and let's go to verse number. Let's see here. Let's go to verse number nine. And when they had crossed the Jordan River, Elijah said to Elisha, ask what I shall do for you before I'm taken from you. And Elisha said, please let there be a double portion of your spirit upon me. And he said, well, you, you've asked a hard thing. Yet if you see me as I'm being taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if you do not see me, it shall not be so. Okay, so I want to break that down real quick because here's a very interesting point to understand. You can't read this passage and think that Elijah is saying to Elisha, you know, if you're faithful to just stay with me all the way to the end. He'd already tested that in Elisha. Already three times he tested it when he went from Gilgal to Jericho to Bethel and, uh, you know, then across the Jordan. He'd already tested whether he'd stay behind or come with him. So he already knew Elisha won't leave me. Elisha will not leave me. And so what I want you to see is that that's not what he was testing. But what he was testing is if Elisha was ready to receive his impartation or the things that are in the unseen realm, if he was ready to receive them in his own ministry. So notice what he does. He puts a specific prerequisite on receiving the mantle or the double portion of Elijah. He said, you've got to see me when I'm taken from you. Now, this would have to be a supernatural vision or supernatural sight because he wasn't leaving on a train and he wasn't leaving in a car. The Bible says God sent chariots of fire and a whirlwind to take Elijah into heaven. And so for Elisha to be able to see that, he would have had to have supernatural vision that could see into the spirit realm. Basically, what Elijah was saying was, you're not even really ready to have my impartation if you can't see into the spirit realm. You can't be a prophet like I'm a prophet if you can't see into the spirit realm. So it could even be more accurately said like this, if you can see what I can see when I'm taken from you. Because Elijah could see and hear into the spirit. Remember what he said? I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. People thought he was crazy. What do you mean you can hear the sound of an abundance of rain? It's a drought. There hasn't been rain forever. But what did he say? I hear the sound. It was prophetic. He was hearing it in the prophetic realm. And then he saw the manifestation. Clouds darkened the sky and a rainstorm hit that was so violent 
that if he hadn't told the king to leave early, the king wouldn't have made it back to the city. He heard it first in the unseen realm. He could see things in the unseen realm. And so he said, Elisha, if you can't see what I can see, then you're not ready for my impartation. But if you can see me when I go, then you can. Now watch this. You go further. And the Bible says uh, in verse 11, And as they still went on and talked, behold, chariots of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven, and Elisha saw it. And he cried, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. And he saw him no more. Then he took hold of his own clothes, rent them in two pieces, took up the cloak of Elijah that had fallen from him, and went back and stood on the riverbank of the Jordan River, smote the water with the mantle, and the Bible says the waters parted. He had taken the impartation that he was believing for. What was the key, though? You've got to see what I see. And his eyes were open, and he could see into the unseen what no one else could see, and pulled out his blessing. Now notice, that wasn't the same for everybody. Go to 2 Kings chapter 6, just four chapters later, and you'll see that Elisha had become a master prophet and now had his own servant, Gehazi. And the Bible teaches us that uh, when the king of Syria was ready to assassinate Elisha so that he could uh, defeat Israel in battle, he found out that Elisha was staying at Dothan, a city called Dothan along with Gehazi, his servant. And so he sent a troop of soldiers to surround the city, capture and kill Elisha. And the Bible says this, that when they woke up in the morning, Gehazi, the servant, saw all of the soldiers surrounding the city and got freaked out and, and began to run back and say, Elisha, my father, we're surrounded. The city is surrounded. And what happened? Elisha prayed a prayer for his servant. Oh, Lord, open his eyes that he may see. And when he looked and saw again, he saw that the hills were filled with horses, chariots of fire, and angels holding fiery weapons ready to fight on their behalf. And Elisha said, there's more with us than there are with them. So I want you to understand, Gehazi was not at the level that Elisha was at when he was at the end of his role of being a servant. Elisha could see the horses of fire and chariots. Gehazi could not see the horses of fire and the chariots. So you have to be at a level where you can see and understand in the supernatural realm what is yours. The way to do that is to take the word of God at face value and see this beyond what you see in the natural realm. What do I mean by that? It doesn't matter if you're battling physical issues in your body. You do not say or confess, well, this is just my story. This is just how it is. I guess I'm sick and I'm going to be sick and I'll stay sick. No, that's not what you say. You look beyond your current sickness. You look beyond the current attack. You look beyond your depression. You look beyond your lack in poverty. You look beyond your suicidal thoughts and you look into the word of God. Because remember this, the word of God is supernatural power and virtue. The word of God is the power of the unseen realm. As I taught you at the beginning of this session, John chapter 1, Hebrews chapter 11, everything that was made that is seen was made from something that is unseen. The word of God proceeds in the unseen realm. Doesn't matter that we have it on pages written down. If I speak what this word says that's written, can you see it come out of my mouth? If I begin to declare this, Lord, your word declares that by your stripes I was healed. 1 Peter 2.24. If I say that out of my mouth, can you see those words come out of my mouth? Can you see the power come out of my mouth that actually brings healing to my mouth? You can't see it with natural eyes. You cannot see it. But what happens to most people is they get into the, uh, the Gehazi problem, which is their eyes are only fixed on the problem that's in front of their face. And what they talk about is the problem that's in front of their face. I'm sick. I'm diseased. I'm poor. I'm broken. I'm hurting. 
I'm depressed. I'm anxious. I don't know if it's ever going to get better. This is how life is. It's been this like been like this for my family for years. And we just be, you just a generational curse. And we just go through gener- and if you keep on speaking the problem, talking about the issue, keeping your eyes focused on the attack, that's all you'll ever have. But if you're going to pull your blessings out of the invisible realm and into the visible realm, you've got to look beyond what's in the natural and see what is in the supernatural. This glass represents your problem, but the word represents your solution. And so what the devil does is he puts this thing in front of your eyes all the time, sparkling in front of your eyes. Look at this. Look at this problem. Look at this issue. But you look beyond it, and I can see the invisible realm, the word. What God said is mine. You know, if you understand focal depth or, or, or depth of field, as we call it, in photography or in videography, there's something called depth of field. And uh, if you've ever seen professional pictures taken by a, a camera that has a, a good lens with a pretty decent aperture, you've seen those pictures where the subject is in pure focus, but the background is blurred out. Or if you change your depth of field or your focal de- uh, length on the, on the lens, you could actually make the subject standing in front of you blurry and make the background clear, crisp, and in focus. That's what I'm teaching about this word, is that you've got to change your focal length. You've got to change your focus distance because what the devil will always do, the problem, watch this, the problem will always be easier to see than what's in the invisible realm. The problem will always be in front of your face because that's where the devil wants to put it. But learn how. You can do this even with your eyes. You don't even need a camera. If you hold things at two different distances away from you, if I focus on the glass and the water that's in my hand, the Bible in my hand is blurry to my eyes. I can see that. But then if I flip my eyes over to the Bible, then the glass and the water become blurry in my hand. You're changing the focal length or the focal distance. And what, what, what I want you to see today is that the Lord is expecting you to allow your, your problem, the attack, the issues you're battling to become a blurry vision in your life and for the word in the unseen realm to become crisp and clear in front of your eyes so that what you're looking at in the seen realm is clearer to you than what is in the seen realm. What is in the unseen realm should be clearer to you than what is in the seen realm. You say, yeah, yeah, I'm going through this attack right now, but the real truth of the matter is, by his stripes, I was healed. Yeah, I'm going through this attack right now and depression's trying to come upon me, but the Bible teaches me that the joy of the Lord is my strength. And in his presence is fullness of joy. And at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. So I thank you, Lord, that as I'm in your presence today, all depression has to leave. All anxiety has to go. And overwhelming joy is coming upon my life. Overwhelming peace is coming upon my life. And that joy is building a strength in me that cannot be stopped. What are you doing? You're placing your focus on what's in the unseen realm and allowing what's in the seen realm to blur out. I don't even see it clearly anymore. I can't even clearly see my sickness. I can't even clearly see the depression. I can't even clearly see the anxiety because I so clearly see my promise that the rest of the stuff fades away. And so that's how you have to live. You've got to change your focal length and see what's in the unseen. It's what Elisha was able to see. He wasn't looking in the natural. He was looking into the supernatural. That's because he saw the chariots of fire, the whirlwind, the horsemen. He saw it. What Gehazi could not see, Elisha could clearly see. Look at the story of Peter, the apostle Peter, as a disciple of Jesus. I mean, people give Peter, you know, uh, people give Peter a hard time because of all the things that he dealt with, you know, cut off... uh, Malchus ear in the garden of Gethsemane, you know, uh, he, he was, you know, denied Christ three times. I mean, all the different things, uh, they give him a hard time. And, uh, you know, say, well, you know, he also sank when he was walking on the water. Yeah, but remember this, he was the only disciple to ever walk on water. 
And so he saw Jesus coming on the water and he said, Lord, if it's really you, call me unto you. Call me unto you. This is a perfect example for what I'm teaching. And Jesus said, come. Jesus said, come. It's my personal belief. Peter did not walk on the water, but he walked on the word of Christ. He walked on the word of Christ. It's what empowered him to stay above the water. And we know that the Bible teaches Jesus Christ is the word, John chapter one. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Later on in the chapter, it says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us full of grace and truth. So Jesus Christ is the word made flesh. Jesus, the word, sent Peter a word and said, come. And Peter's faith in that word, what kind of a crazy person steps off of a boat in the middle of a storm when the waves are piled high and everything's violent and you say, you know, I'm just going to get out of this boat and just go, you know, try to walk on this water. But what gave Peter the tenacity to actually step out of a boat? The master said, come. And when that word went forth, Peter put his leg out of the boat and stepped out on the word of Christ. Watch this. With his eyes fixed on the word. Jesus is the word. And so Peter kept his eyes fixed on the word as he walked on the word. And as he did, he did the impossible. Did the impossible. In the same way that I just told you a moment ago. Because his eyes were focused on the word, the storm was blurry. He couldn't see the storm. He couldn't see what would bring fear and instill fear in his heart. Couldn't see that. It was blurred out because his focus was on the word. And he was walking on the word. And he was doing the impossible because of his focus. But watch this. He then took his focus off the word and began to look at the issues, the problems, storm, waves. And as his focus changed, watch this. As his focus changed, he began to sink. Why was he sinking? He was no longer walking on the word. Now he was engaging with the problem. And the Bible says that literally he began to sink, going under in the storm because his focus changed. His eyes came off of the word. His eyes came off of the eternal unseen realm and went to the seen realm. And he began to believe that more than he believed this. Remember this. What you focus on and what you believe will determine if you rise or sink. What you focus on, what you believe will determine whether you rise or sink. And once he began to focus on the storm, he began to sink until the word walked over and grabbed him and pulled him back up out of the water. Keep this in your spirit. If you feel like you're in a place in life as you're, that you're sinking, that you're sinking, that you feel like you've been sinking, maybe you feel like you've been sinking for years, remember this. The word of God has the ability to pull you up out of the issue you've been sinking in. Jesus walked over. The word walked over. The word grabbed a hold of Peter. And the word pulled him out of trouble and set him back into the boat. The word of God has the ability to pull you out of trouble. Go with me to Acts chapter 20. I want you to see that Paul literally taught this or said this to the Ephesian elders. Paul's speaking and teaching to the, the Ephesian elders, and this is what he says in Acts chapter 20 and verse 32. Listen to this. He said, and now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Paul taught to the Ephesian elders that this word is able to build you up and give you an inheritance. Part of your inheritance is healing. Part of your inheritance is peace. Part of your inheritance is financial increase. 
Part of your inheritance is strength to do the works of God. Part of your inheritance, I mean, you go through all these things. It's physical strength, mental strength, spiritual strength. And I, I've preached on this multiple times, but you can read the seven redemptive benefits in Revelation 5.12. Power, wealth, wisdom, might, honor, glory, blessing. Jesus purchased those for you. And faith allows you to take hold of those things and walk in them. The word pulls you out of problems and pulls you into your inheritance. The word pulls you out of problems and pulls you into your inheritance. So what do you have to be able to do? I've got to be able to keep my focus on what God said and not on what I see. I have to see what he said and not what's taking place. And that is hard for people to do because many people have never disciplined themselves to become spiritual. They have remained, as Paul called them, carnal Christians. Carnal Christians that are still living off of the milk of the word every single week. Milk, 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 like babies, Paul said. And it frustrated him and he said, we can, we've got to move on from the elementary teachings about Christ and go into the deeper things. You've got to mature as a believer. You cannot stay in a place of milk, 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 milk. We're not going to feed you and then burp you much longer. You have to understand that you, you can't be the person who comes into church and then eats and spits up all over everybody every service. You've got to build spiritual maturity and be able to take in the meat of the word. The meat of the word, as Hebrews said. Here's why. The Bible tells us that we have become sons of God. We're not babies. We've become sons. We've got to become sons. And that, those are the ones ready for the inheritance. A baby has to have everything given to them. But an adult can take things for themselves. Nobody has to feed me. I can feed myself. Nobody has to clothe me. I can clothe myself. Nobody has to bathe me or shower me. I can do it myself. I have become mature. And because I've become mature, I have a self, um, what's the best way to say it? A, uh, a self-dependency that does not require somebody to come and take care of me day after day after day. And that's what you need as a believer. There are carnal believers who always need to talk to the pastor, and always need to have a visitation, and always need to get a call on the phone, and always need to have an email. They need to go from conference to conference, revival to revival, get another word, get another prayer cloth, get anointed with oil again, get hands laid on me again. And I understand those things are all scriptural. But do you realize you can get to a place as a believer where you can get out of your bed and lay hands on your own head? That you can anoint yourself with oil? Do you realize you can speak the word over your own life and not have to always be dependent upon others to take care of you? But you can build your faith to a place where God will use you to be the one who brings healing. Use you to be the one who brings peace and joy and deliverance and blessing. And so we've got to mature. A maturity says, I can see what God says. Immaturity says, I can only see my problem. I can only see the issue. Oh, pray for me, brother. The devil's been after me all week. Oh, Lord Jesus. And there's so many people like that. I always use this analogy because it makes me laugh. But when I had, when my girls were really little, and I can't believe Matthew, Maddie's turning 10. Maddie's turning 10. Can't believe it. Um, but when my girls were really little, you know, my son's still three, but he's not really little anymore. You know, when a kid hurts themselves and they hurt themselves badly, you know, and they come to tell you about it, that first cry, you know, it's really bad when a little kid hurts themselves. If the first cry they do is silent and, you know, you're waiting for the explosion of sound and they've got that cry face and they're like, they bash their knee or hit their, and they're like, You know, it's like, it's like, it's like that first cry is silent. They got hurt bad, you know, and there's Christians that come into church like that every single week, every single week. And that's the, that's what the pastor, oh, pastor, oh, it's been a hard, you know, that's how they live. It's just crisis after crisis, issue after issue, one problem after another. God's not calling you to live like that. The word allows you to live above the issues. 
above the problems. Stop writing the struggle is real on Facebook. Stop living like that. Stop talking like that. That's how babies talk. That's how carnal Christians talk. That's how people got no power talk. We don't talk like that. We say, that's why we coined the phrase, the struggle is over. We don't say the struggle is real. We say it's over. Because Jesus didn't promise that if you came unto him, that he would show you what a hard life is really like. You know, that's how people think. You know, you know, brother, it's a hard old way to serve the Lord, but it'll all be worth it one day. Thank you, Jesus. No, that's not what Jesus said. He said, are there any among you weary and heavy laden? Come unto me and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. He said, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It's not hard to serve Jesus. It's easier than living in sin. Let me tell you something. I've got no child support payments to pay to women that I've gotten pregnant all over the country. And I got six kids out of my, out, out of my marriage that I have to pay child support to every single month. And so I'm always financially strapped for cash because I'm having to pay out to take care of all these kids that I had outside. I don't have to do that. You know why? Because holiness has kept me in a place serving Jesus where my life's not hard, it's easy. You know what? I don't have to uh, wonder how come I don't have enough money because I don't have to spend money on a carton of cigarettes every week because I'm addicted to nicotine. You know what I'm thankful for? That, I, that, that all of my uh, organs aren't shutting down and issues in my brain and my mind because I've been addicted to drugs for 10 years and I've been doing meth, my teeth are falling out and I look like I'm 60 even though I'm 38. That's a hard life. You know what an easy life is? Honoring God with your body. I don't have to go down to the doctor and get um, medication for STDs that have filled my body because I've been promiscuous throughout my life. I've honored God's word and kept myself in a place of holiness and so I don't have to deal with that. You know what's a hard life? Dealing with that in your bloodstream and dealing with the effects of it in your body. But I don't have to deal with it, neither do you, because we have given ourselves to God and his yoke is easy. His burden is light. Hallelujah. It is easy. You know what's awesome? I don't have any collectors from the mafia coming to break my legs because I owe gambling debts to a bookie or a mobbed up dude in Las Vegas that I, that I, own, that I owe uh, you know, $700,000 to because I'm addicted to gambling and can't seem to keep myself from gambling and I'm not a good steward of God's money. And so now I got a guy that's coming after me that I have to be on the lam because he's coming to actually break my legs or hurt my family because I owe money to the mafia or owe money to, to somebody, some loan shark. I don't have to live like that. I don't owe anybody like that money. No one dangerous is coming after me. Thank God I have an easy yoke and an easy life. Sin kills your life. But Jesus said, if you come unto me, I'll make it easy. I'll make it easy. Hallelujah. I'll make it easy. And that's the promise for God's people. Not a hard life, an easy life. Not a hard life, an easy life. Well, brothers, what about all those Christians overseas? I'm not talking about the fact that you won't be persecuted for being a Christian. That's different. That's different. Jesus prophesied that would happen. Yes, people will be killed for Christianity. Yes, people will be persecuted for Christianity. But God said there's a supernatural blessing that comes upon them when they're willing to give their life for the gospel's sake. So I'm not talking about persecution. I'm talking about all these other issues that's brought into your life by sin. And the, the life we live in Christ is an easier, a much easier life than a life of sin. Christ makes life easy. And I thank God for an easy way of living because his yoke is easy, his burden is light. Casting all your cares upon him for he cares for you. You're not called to carry cares or burdens. You're called to carry blessings. You cast your cares on him, he'll carry your burdens, you carry his blessings. He'll carry your burdens, you carry his blessings. I want you to write that in the comments. He'll carry my burdens, I'll carry his blessings. It's a great trade-off. It's a wonderful trade. God carries my burdens. I carry his blessings. Hallelujah. Put that in. I'm going to finish with that today. Put it in the comments. He'll carry my burdens. I'll carry his blessings. Let me pray for every person that's watching. These attacks are coming to an end in Jesus' name. 
Whatever the devil has planned to destroy your life, it's coming to an end today in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, I pray for every man and woman watching this live or on the replay or if they're listening on the podcast. I pray right now in Jesus' name that every wicked thing that's been sent to destroy their life is destroyed today by the fire of the Holy Ghost. Whatever was presenting itself as a hard way of living, whatever was presenting itself as an attack against their mind, body, spirit, finances, whatever, bring it to an end today, Lord, by the power of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' mighty name, I thank you, Lord, that you're blowing your breath from heaven and blowing every wicked thing away from our homes. Thank you that the fire of the Holy Ghost melts every trap of the devil today. In Jesus' name, I thank you no virus, no bacteria, no disease can come near or stay in our bodies for we are filled with the life-giving spirit of the Holy Ghost and that today he is quickening our physical bodies. He is literally giving life to every organ in our bodies. We're being rejuvenated by the Holy Ghost in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you and we give you glory and praise in Jesus' mighty name, amen. Listen, I want to encourage you before we go today, take a minute and sow a seed by faith into this ministry. There are multiple ways that you can sow. We'll put it on the screen for you. If you're on Periscope or Facebook, you can put hashtag donate in the comments section. Uh, you can go to miracleword.com. Anybody that's listening or watching, you can go to miracleword.com. I want to encourage you to partner with Carolyn and with me as we're taking the gospel of Christ around the world and seeing signs, wonders, and miracles. We're seeing deliverances. We're seeing salvation everywhere we go. God's touching his people, and you can be a part of it by partnering with this ministry. Here's what you do. Go to miracleword.com and click on the partner button. And there's a form that you can fill out to sow a seed monthly uh, into this ministry. We're encouraging you to sow $85 or more Every month, that's $1,000 a year. Maybe there's some of you that'll do 1000 or more at one time. We say thank you for doing that. You can do it at MiracleWord.com. If you like to use apps to sow your seed, you can go use PayPal. The information's on the screen. You can use Cash App. The cash tag is MWGive. It's there on your screen. And then we just added by request, we had people asking us if we take it, and now we do. If you use Venmo, we now receive Venmo as well, same username as Cash App, MWGIVE, MWGIVE, and you'll find us on Venmo as well, and you can give there, and we say thank you. For every person that's sowing $100 or more this month of January, we're going to be sending you this book entitled God's Chosen Fast. I consider this to be the greatest book ever written on the subject of Fasting and Prayer by Arthur Wallace, God's Chosen Fast. For your gift of $100 or more, that's what we're sending you. And uh, for every person that sows $1,000 or more, we're not only going to send you this book, God's Chosen Fast, but we're also going to be sending you a genuine leather New Living Translation Bible that I'm going to sign and make out to your family from me to you to say thank you for standing with us. Uh, if you don't mind, Barrett, pop that up one more time. Let me make mention of this. If you'd like to receive that book after you've sown your seed this month, go to that um, URL that's on the screen, miracleword.com forward slash offer, and claim that gift on the site. That way we have your address, because obviously if you're using Cash App or PayPal, um, you know, Venmo, whatever, to sow your seed, uh, even hashtag donate, we don't have your address to ship the book. So we need your address and we need you to claim that offer uh, if you'd like to receive that for this month. And we'll make sure we get it to you as soon as possible. And so thank you guys for sowing. We really appreciate it. For those of you guys that are watching, or excuse me, listening on the podcast, uh, you can literally go to the show notes uh, in the podcast, the description, and there are links that you can click to sow a seed from your phone while you're listening to the podcast, no matter where you're listening to it, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Anchor, uh, wherever you're listening, you can look at the show notes and we have a way for you to give right from the description. And I want to say a big thank you to every person that's standing with us. I mean, you know, I don't have to tell you all the things we're doing, touching the world, but feeding people around the world. I mean, it's amazing the doors God's opened. Uh, last year was the most productive and impactful year that Miracle Word Ministries has ever seen 
and uh, it's happening. And I love the testimonies that are coming in. Coming in. Uh, Jeff wrote in from the meeting two weeks ago in Atlanta. He said, I signed a contract during the revival. Violent increase is already coming to pass. One contract I signed tripled my income for the year. And he wrote that in on Twitter. That was his testimony. Letty testified while, while we were there from Massachusetts. She said, when I started sewing and partnering with Miracle Word, I could only partner at $10 a week. $10 a week. She said, now I'm sewing $200 a month into Miracle Word Ministries. You know why? Because God gives seed to the sower. The Bible teaches that when you make up in your heart and in your mind that you're going to sow and be a sower, God will ensure that he puts seed in your hand. He will ensure that he puts seed in your hand. And so show God today, I'm going to be a faithful sower into your kingdom. Do you know what the Bible teaches? That Jesus himself receives our offerings and our tithes in heaven. Although you give them to this ministry or to your local church, anywhere you sow in the kingdom, it's not just into that ministry, but Jesus himself receives your tithes and your offerings in heaven. It's a supernatural thing. And so I want to say thank you. We appreciate all of you that are standing with us. And I want you to know that I personally pray for you every week. Some of you that you know because I text you. In fact, um, Saturday night of this, this week, what was it, two days ago, uh, if, you have, if you're connected with me by text message, I sent you a text and told you that I was praying for you this last Saturday night. And I wanted you to text me your prayer requests because I was spending time in the evening praying for all of you that are connected uh, to me and to Carolyn. And uh, if you're watching or listening right now and you're not connected to me uh, by text message and you'd like to be, let me tell you how to do that. You can go to miracleword.com forward slash text, forward slash text. And there's a form you can fill out there that will literally put your contact information directly into my phone book on my phone. And so I can then text you. You'll get a text from me. And I'll, anytime I text you, you'll know uh, it's coming from me, not some automated system or from somebody in the office. I'm the one sending the text and I'm reading your replies as well. And I can reply to you when you people that are with me know what I'm talking about. But if you'd like to be a part of this uh, text family and receive these updates from me and encouragement from me, then just go to that website, miracleword.com forward slash text and fill out the form and uh, add yourself to my phone book and let's stay connected. And the reason I do that is because I do pray for you guys every single week. And I, man, I couldn't believe it. I, I, I wrote a text on Saturday night before I was going to dinner when I landed in, in North Carolina. And um, it just touched my heart because people have needs. People need God's blessing. And I can't even tell you, probably within a matter of 35 minutes to 40 minutes, I had probably well over 150 to 200 people text me back with prayer requests. And I responded to every person and let them know, I'm praying for you. I'm standing with you. I'm literally lifting you up to the Lord tonight. And the reason that we do that is because I love people and people are important to God. People are important to God. And so I want to stay connected with you. I want you to know that I'm praying for you and your family and that you're not by yourself. You're not just another number in the crowd. God doesn't view you as just another number among his many believers, but you as an individual are very important to God. And, and I'm standing with you. Carolyn's standing with you. We're believing for increase in your family and in your life. And so that's why I want to encourage you. Join me on text. Join me on text and let's stay connected. You can text me literally at any time and I'll receive your message and I can reply to you and respond and I want to be able to do that. Don't forget before I go, this course, Mountain Moving Faith, is now up and live and available in the school. And I want you to check it out and be a part of it. Uh, you can go to miraclewordu.com. Barrett, if you don't mind, let's pop that up on the screen one more time for those that are watching because I want to give you a discount code those of you that watch the broadcast and listen to the podcast, I want to give you this discount code to get that uh, course at 15% off. It only lasts till February the 1st. So I want you to grab it while it's available. It's first come, you know, first, come, first serve. So we have 100 of these. We only have 100 available. And a bunch of them have already been taken. So until they're, until they're gone, it's until February 1st until the, or until they're gone, this coupon is available. 15% off your course. And then we also launched the bundle, all four courses 
for only $199. That's 20 plus hours of teaching. There's the website on your screen, miraclewordu.com. Get involved today. It will bless you immensely. Not only build your faith, but equip you to do what God has called you to do. And I'm excited to get the testimonies back from people that are um, receiving these courses. I also want to say we sent an email out to you today. And in that email, there's a poll that I want to hear from you. Because we're planning the next courses for Miracle Word University. And I want to hear your suggestion about what you'd like to hear next or what you'd like to hear taught next inside Miracle Word U. And so we put a poll up on the website that you can, I think there's only like three questions. So if you could just answer the three questions quickly for me on your phone, it means a lot to me and it helps me out preparing what you're hungry for and, uh, and to help better serve you guys and teach you the word. I love you guys so much. Thank you for hanging with me today. I'll be back tonight. We'll be live at 6.30 p.m. Eastern time on Facebook, Periscope, and YouTube right here from Albemarle, North Carolina, Kickstart 2020. And if you can be here, I'm encouraging you to get to this meeting. All the details at MiracleWord.com. I love you guys so much. Thanks for hanging with me today. And I'll see you again tonight at 6.30, tomorrow morning at 10.30 a.m. Have a blessed day. I love you. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.